There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix on the 15th of June 2010. I always suggest that the newcomers look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and bookmark the other sites you see that I have up there. One day, you know, you'll, you'll go in there and uh, I won't be on any of them eventually because that uh, is on this, the cards. There's no doubt about that with uh, the coming new laws and the censoring of the Internet and the licensing of those with websites and podcasts and radio shows. That's all coming up. And um, the United Nations has been working hard at it, of course, if they can possibly work hard at all. I cannot doubt that, to be honest. But anyway, they are working on it, and uh, that will come to be. So bookmark all the sites I have up there for future use, because I, I do get problems with the comm sites, and this way you can always download the latest shows for free. There's hundreds and hundreds of talk shows I've got up there, I've, I've put up there over the years, and you'll find in all these sites, you'll find the same audios and English transcripts or translations of them, and you can put them up too for your prints up. If you go into Alan Watts Sentient, Sentinel, you'll also get, uh, you, you can get sort of transcripts in different languages of Europe and the same audios as well. So you've got a lot to choose from at the moment. And it's a shame I had to put them all up in the first place, but I was getting problems with so many different servers just cutting me off and giving me problems. I've still got it with the Yahoo, and I hope to end that shortly. Now, while you're in there too, remember, buy the books I have for sale and the CDs and the DVDs. That's the only income I've got. I don't take money from advertisers. I could be very happy sitting in a lucrative business if I was, because that's how you get paid generally for a host. And there's no end of, of um, advertisers who want to advertise with me. But I have a freer hand by doing it this way. And I can be more honest about certain things too when I'm asked certain questions to do with various products and so on. Now, the ads that you hear on this show go right to RBN from the advertisers to pay for the airtime. And that pays for the staff and their equipment and their upgrades too, of course, as you're always upgrading, their repairs and their bills. We all have that too. I have them this end as well. So it's up to you to keep me going. And that will hopefully help me trickle along. And believe you me, I'm, I'm getting hammered here with different bills coming in all the time. All the time. Just got the pro- one of the taxis and one of the many, I think the five or six taxis just for living in the shack here. And I've got about a few thousand to pay out for school children to make sure they go and get indoctrinated in their local school. And uh, I've no say in the matter. And that's only to say one of five taxis you get, you get here for owning a shack. But that's socialism for you. And who's pretending we're free? I certainly have. I'm not and never have. Now, if you want to order the products, remember from the U.S. to Canada, personal check is good, and you can also use an international postal money order from your post office or cash. Uh, PayPal is good. Use the donation button and send a separate email. 
with your name, address, and order. And I'll get it out to you across the rest of the world. Same idea, including Western Union, MoneyGram, or cash. That's all up to you, how you want to do it. And donations, believe you me, are welcome because I generally live on donations. And that's the way it goes. I won't be here forever, folks. So, um, And when I go too, so does website and all the talks down the memory hole. And you'll get all the new stuff to keep you spinning your wheels forever and ever. Because most topics you see are put out for us to talk to or talk about by the mainstream media. We're managed. They give us the themes and everyone prattles on about the themes. I can tell by the, the email I get from maybe a dozen people telling the same thing at the same time what the present themes are that's been put out for to fill people's heads and raise their awareness, you see, and get them talking about things. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. You know, people think that things and events just happen, happen stands during their lifetime. And that's what they want, most want to believe that. They really want to believe that things that come out the blue, like economic crashes and bank ripoffs and uh, rewards for the bank for plundering people, uh, are all quite natural and that, that people in the high places are working so hard to try and ensure that they get things sorted out for their own benefit at the bottom. They are domesticated. That's a domesticated species. They're taught to play and be very happy and never look at the negative, always look at the positive. And that's what the New Age, of course, is for as well. New Agers are the best conditioned people that I've ever met. Uh, they, they really turn away when they hear anything negative at all. It's part of their training and part of their belief system that somehow by thinking about negative things, they'll make them happen. So they concentrate on wonderful things about the next cup of cappuccino and stuff like that, you know, all pretty things. It makes them very, very happy and secure. But it doesn't stop the train from coming along the track behind them as they're looking the other way. And uh, that's their tough luck. They're the perfectly conditioned. Part of that, remember, too, is a choice. In fact, most things in life are choices. In fact, even accepting the status quo and the bank rip-offs and voting and all, that's our choice, isn't it, really? No one forces you to go. Well, some countries that do make you go and vote or you get fined. And they were trying that to talk about that in Canada a few years back, and uh, they didn't put it through. But uh, most people really are believing that um, everything's really on the up and up, and no one saw uh, the things that come down or the latest catastrophe coming down or anything else. It's all just a happenstance, and people make decisions at the time to cope with crises that pop up at the time. And nothing, of course, is further further from the truth at all. Nothing at all. And the more you read of history, the more you see the machinations of planning, long-term planning, and that's what the world is really about, and those who govern the world, and even those who govern your country, it's long-term planning. Now, those who are put into office to govern your country, they belong to various associations before they're picked to make sure they're yes men or women and they'll do their bits. And they have their pet projects because they're given a list of pet things to believe in, like hate the people and uh, depopulate the people 
and the people are scumbags and stuff like that. And they have very pretty names about them, um, organization for the blah, 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 and so on. So the public never really catch on what they're talking about. But when you go into Porritt and these guys and the various characters like uh, Crispin Tickle, uh, who's not a, char- a funny character at all, uh, in the Popham Population Trust, um, they, re- they have their pet hates, you see, and their hate generally are the common people. Uh, and they make no bones about that. But, of course, they can't put it over like that. They must put it over that they must depopulate the world to save the world. So kill a good bunch of us off to save a good bunch of us. And that's part of the technique of propaganda, which is really on a roll right now. After all, why not? You see, this is time now to get us on a roll. Uh, they like to get you off the corruptions in government that's been exposed recently. They want to get you off all their wars across the world. They want to get you off of the fact that, that you've just been plundered by the banks and sunk into unpayable debt. You could never pay it off. It's not meant to be paid off. And so they give you things like there's too many people, and then they blame you for everything. It's all your fault, you see. And lots of folk accept that. Oh, dear, maybe they're right. Oh, no, we've, been, we've had it too good, they say. We've had it too good. They forget all the, the crises they've been through and people losing their homes and uh, the ever-increasing income taxes and the various taxes. And, and now, of course, you have people, people in Britain and other European countries uh, having to pay their taxes to other countries as well for roads and other social services and stuff like that. But no, it gets right back to you're, you're the problem. In other words, it doesn't matter how often you bend over or bend down or whatever kinky thing these characters at the top are into and they're into an awful lot of kinky stuff. Uh, they'll just go ahead and do it and comply. Most folk want to comply and they don't want to cause ripples. And because they're thoroughly clueless as to what's happening in the world and the real reasons for things, uh, they look for other people and see what they're doing about it. And if it's, well, what can you do? I, I signed it and paid it, you know. So they, they go along the same path and that's the majority of the public. So there is a truth, you see, that there are a lot of useless people out there because they've never used their brains at all in their entire lives. They are the perfectly conditioned, perfectly conditioned. And they will go to the, the voting booths the next time and they'll vote for the usual party because Dad did or, or whoever did, and, and that's the one that you vote for. And when it comes out later that their favorite party leader is actually uh, a member, a covert member of the other party and always has been, it, it doesn't really change. As long as he wears the, wears the right badges and colors, they'll, they'll vote for him. So you can't help these people. And you never could help these people. And you would kill yourself trying to convert them like some kind of evangelical preacher, uh, with, with facts and information. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to know. They don't want to investigate for themselves either, no matter what depth of paper you leave lying on their desk with all the data on what's happening in the world. They really don't want to know, and they're afraid to know. They really are afraid. See, there's a thing about knowing about how things work. Knowing changes you completely forever. Uh, You know that. Even those who don't want to know, the one thing they do know is if they understand what's happening, it will make them change. It will make them change. 
it will make them have to decide about things for the first time in their lives. They've never made decisions for themselves before. They've been happy in a little managed socialist bubble where news media tells them what to think and what to do. So they like that little safe bubble, even though, even though all the signs around them should tell them it's getting very unsafe out there. And nasty things are planned for them. But no, most will go along with it. You'll see these old documentaries of people being slaughtered in previous wars, you know, rounded up in big batches, and whether it's Soviet or German, make no difference, because uh, all countries do it, by the way, um, in wartime. Um, you, you'll see them lined up in a big batch, and a guys, maybe four guys with, with rifles standing there. And these were single-shot rifles. You had to cock at the bolts and, and to push it back to reload it again. So there's maybe a hundred folks standing to the side there who've just seen five of their own being told to run into a trench, and then these four guys with the rifles, or five guys, shoot them, and they fall down. And then an officer tells the next five to hurry up and run into that trench. Now, to be honest with you, I think I'd get a clue what was going to happen to me if I ran and obeyed them and went into that trench. But you see, people live in utter denial right to the bitter end. They go into a stage of, this is a civilization, this cannot happen to me, therefore it is not happening to me, and something will happen at the last split second. Everyone from that batch of people, at five at a time they go in there, are thinking the same thing. None of them run away. None of them uh, storm the four or five guys with the rifles. I've seen quite a few documentaries like this. And it's because obedience to authority is drummed into them. Obedience to authority, especially uniforms. Therefore they obey. They're afraid not to obey. That's no different from the parking ticket to getting shot in the head. They're afraid not to obey. And that's what happens. They get killed, you see. And there's, there's a good book out there that's actually called Obedience to Authority, where scientists go into all the different techniques and mechanisms that make us obey, and how we're trained to obey authority. Now, it's all very well when authority is there, as it was many, many years ago, with very little authority behind it, by the way, to keep the basic peace. All of that's changed in the New World Order, and it is a New World Order since all the bigwigs have told us that. It's a New World Order where science has risen to the top, all the socialist ideas of science, the Fabian techniques, including population control. It's all the rage now, and uh, and shortly it'll be on everyone's lips out there, even the ones who don't are into denial. They'll start prattling about it too, and they'll prattle exactly what they say verbatim on the media and from the papers. They'll have no opinions from their own. That will become their opinion, whatever their favorite uh, news speaker is, is saying. Now, 
it's interesting even going back into old books. I mean, even even the New Testament, where where a strange thing is said by this guy Jesus. He says, he says to this young fellow, like, go back. You know, if you're going back, let the dead bury their dead. Because the young guy said he wanted to go back and bury his family, bury his father or something. He says, let the dead bury their dead. The saying has been the same long before that was written. The dead always refer to those who have never thought for themselves about life. Never. They are the walking dead. Politicians have made no, no bones about it. They've, they've often used the term the unwashed masses for the, pub, the general public or those in the dark and so on. Because they have no problems with that. They know the people are kept in and trained actually in a system of obedient stupidity. And I'll talk a bit more about this when we come back from these messages. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, just talking about the dead. And the dead are those who've grown up thinking that everything was quite normal. And they've gone through the different fads you're given from your teenage years, your outfits that you wear, the, the group or gang that you joined and you wear their, their, their gear, all made by the fashion industry, of course. And, um, and you go through your music scene, uh, your drug scene, whatever it happens to be is the scene that you're in. And you're taught to just be happy. Don't worry, be happy. And because of that, you learn nothing and you don't know why the world is, is, is the way it is or who's really running it or why it never seems to get any better. It always have massive disasters and coming plagues and stuff like that. And nothing really gets any better. Or, and the cost of living keeps going up and up and up and all that kind of stuff. Well, these people are the dead and they keep voting, of course, when they get older start to vote thinking they can get uh, the right people in. That's all you have to do, you know, is get the right folk in and, and suddenly it'll be all right. And they have no idea the world's been run by committees and groups of people, cabals, if you like, associations, very very different ones, different names for them all, but they all work together along the same agenda. And these very, very rich people uh, gave you your world socialist system. They even made sure that they had you had your teenage um, era for you that you will think is yours, including the outfit that you wear for that era, including the music you think that is yours. You know, it's just made by guys at the bottom that come out from nothing and they do it all themselves. That's how you're, you're, you're trained to think that the world is all quite natural and that wars are spontaneous things that uh, we've got nothing to do with, but we always have to go and pay for and sort out for other people. They never know about the, the massive opium trade from Afghanistan and it's protected by U.S. and Canadian troops. And they don't want to know about that, of course. And that Marseille is, is the main place traditionally that's always processed the stuff into heroin and how all the big uh, secret service agencies of every country are involved in it because they all take this stuff and get on the streets and use that, ca- that cash for their extra black budgets. 
strange democracies, isn't it, where your where your your CIA's and um, and MI6's, Mossad's, are not really responsible to any citizen for whatever they do, even the ones that you think you're electing, that you think are working for you. Democracy. How can you have democracy and secrecy at the same time, where your politicians can't find anything out? Mind you, they know, because they are politicians, they're psychopathic types, they go into those jobs, they're pre-screened for their ability to catch on quick and, and not ask certain questions. They, they won't go and ask these questions, they stay away from it. If they don't, they get a, a little Masonic you know, tip, like a word to the wise, look the other way, and stuff like that. They catch on very well. Psychopaths do. But the same tricks are, are carried over and over and over again, and they're updated over and over again, and we fall for it over and over again, because after all, we're being looked after by altruistic people who come on television for PR opportunities, read scripts, sound very dignified and uh, and educated, some of them, depends on the script writer or the target audience they're trying to get through to, and... We think, my God, you know, they're, they're, they're really trying to do something. Uh, that's part of the show. It's all an act, isn't it? It's a big stage production. I mean, look at the money they're spending to bring public servants from across the world to have a big massive feasting and love-in type thing in Ontario. And it's, it's $1.1 billion in climbing, and they haven't had it yet for two or three days. If they were truly into conserving... Um, country's wealth, uh, why don't they just take them to a local, you know, get a few burgers here and there and uh, camping outside deal is good enough for the rest of Canadians and uh, you can get eaten alive by mosquitoes at the same time. But no, they build these massive projects and believe you me, what can they save when they get 10 minutes each? Utter rubbish. They're, these guys are deciding, no, no, no. They go there to sign something into law, a treaty that bureaucrats have been working on for years across the world. Because it's a show, folks. Big, expensive shows. And Hamilton was right. It's better to have a king once in a while, because then you've got got his king, maybe his queen, and maybe a floozy on the side, and a few children. And once every second, third generation, you get a half-decent one who isn't too much of a tyrant. But that's all it costs you for him and his, his little army and stuff. When you get thousands of them and thousands of them living higher than most folk who live in business, way higher, you've got hundreds and thousands of royal families to take care of. And that's what they expect, royal, the royal treatment and red carpets. They even supply prostitutes for them at these meetings. That's been in the papers in Canada when it broke out. Uh, mainly it was the homosexual things that people brought out in the paper, but the homosexual guys they brought in and they said, well, it's, you know, it's diplomatic courtesy. That, that part of that's dip, you bring in prostitutes for them, uh, put it on the taxpayer's tab, because it's courtesy, you see. And people never catch on. They never catch on. So we're going into a break now, I think. Let's go cut off and reconnected. So we'll be back after the following messages. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just talking about reality versus the land of the dead. And most people are in the land of the dead. It's a very carefully constructed matrix system, really, for them. They don't know they're in it. They think everyone else is uh, normal, too, because all their friends are in it as well, and their parents generally are in it. And they're still trying to do the right thing, save up money and get a house, and put money in the bank, hopefully, and one day they'll retire and have some cash. Even though their history should tell them, even their recent history, uh, that whatever you put in the bank today in 25 years' time is worth a fraction of what it will be then with inflation. That's if the bankers don't plunder it again, too, you see. So nothing really is safe in banks. And this, but they still have this idea to continue like before, even when the big boys themselves have told you that nothing will ever be the same again. That's what they told us after 9-11. And we went through this pre-planned again uh, system of total control, total information network, spies, uh, all that kind of stuff, all your data collected worldwide, mind you. And they think that all happens. They really did because uh, of two towers coming down. And it's the first time in history a whole world has gone into the same martial law scenario and the same corporations have sold their cameras across the planet and interfaced all their internet with the NSA and so on across the whole world for total data collection. And people can literally get dragged off the street and disappear, be held forever and never heard from again, actually under the laws. That's That's a fact in any country, especially in Europe. And we think, again, it's all normal. It's not hitting me. I'm a good person. I'll be good. I'll be good, and they'll leave me alone. And that's what the average person thinks. Meanwhile, the big boys are going further with their depopulation programs. They're stepping up off injections, which I'm telling you are going to make sure that you die off all the quicker. Because big pharma has always been part of the big military-industrial complex. The military-industrial complex deal with weaponized diseases, and they have since before World War II. And since everything's public-private, why would you have to have separate laboratories for military when you've got big pharma dealing with all these volatile, incredibly infectious diseases, both viral and bacterial? Naturally, they do it as well. They're doing far more experiments than the small labs are doing. So they're all part of it. Now tie it in again with uh, the Fabian Society and George Bernard Shaw, who said in the Soviet story, you see a little, doc, a little piece of him on a TV at the, at the time, or, or an old um, 8mm, saying that you, the people, will have to come to us, you know, the elite, to validate why we should keep you alive. He wanted to gas all the poor unfortunates, the ultra-poor, and he asked scientists to find a nice gas that wasn't too painful. It would kill them off humanely long before Adolf Hitler was accused of the same thing. And they're still at it today, folks, because they never changed their tune. And out of that came the other boys, too, all associated with them. You have Lord Bertrand Russell and uh, the Huxleys and Julian Huxley, who also talked about using pharmacology in water to drug the people and in inoculations to make them stupid. And infertility had to be a prime mandate to bring down the population. So a scientific socialism demands that you bring down the populations, you see. It's got to be done 
to manageable level for the needs of the masters. You know, we never catch on. We see it happening over and over again. Here's an article here, and people think, well, it's nothing to do with us. New Zealand Herald News. It reminds me, in fact, of maybe 15 years ago when an article came out in the, in the, the U.S. papers where the U.S. Department of Agriculture had put human genes in pigs, and those pigs then were on the market. Yep. On the market, folks. This article here is from New Zealand. It says, human genes to be injected into goats, cows, and sheep. And it's April the 16th, 2010. Science have been given permission to put human genes into goats, sheep, and cows for the next 20 years to see if the animals will produce human proteins in their milk. But people will not be pouring the genetically modified milk on their Weetabix just yet. The milk will be discarded. So there's your nonsense there. Ag Research won Environmental Risk Management Authority approval to allow a handful of scientists to breed and keep genetically modified animals at the Ruakura Research Facility near Hamilton. The work will begin with genetically modified cows and could be expanded to genetically modified goats within the year. There are no immediate plans to genetically modify the sheep at Ruakura. Simon Terry of Environmental Consultancy of the Sustainability Council. Now, why are the Sustainability Council in doing this to sheep and so on? Sustainability, as you see, folks. Welcome conditions, making it clear the milk could not be made for commercial sale, but he was concerned the 20-year time limit was three times as long as the last GM experiment at the facility. Well, the last one was. What was it all about? And he feared Ruakura would become a GM animal warehouse because there were no limits on the number of animals. John Karapiet of GE Free New Zealand said that the decision was the beginning of a mega transformation of New Zealand agriculture. No kidding. No kidding. So this has happened already in other countries too. Because again, you're under the scientific socialism. The masters decided that a long time ago and wrote lots of books on it. The scientific era. The scientific era. You see? And we've, we've already gone through the farce with all the, the fake um, propaganda put out by Monsanto and Atcher Daniel Midlands and, all, and the others. There's about five of them all together that run your full, your whole food industry now. They don't eat the stuff themselves. That's been reports that have come out from their own cafeterias that won't sell uh, GM food to their own staff. The Monsanto staff won't eat it. I've read that before, too. But you've got to eat it, though. You've got to eat it because you're just, well, you're the lower stock. You've not to be saved in this brave new world. This article here is Mail Online. Special investigation. Do government's GM-friendly plans make former biotech lobbyist Carolyn Spellman, Minister for Conflicting Interest. This is 12th of June. As anyone who's lived downwind of a sugar beef processing plant will know, the smell produced is not as sweet as you might imagine. A similarly unexpected stink is now waiting for the, from the Department of the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. It can be followed to the door of the office of the new Secretary of State. She's been made Secretary of State, this woman. And she was the chief, she and her husband were the chief GM lobbyists, paid lobbyists. And you think you're living in some sort of natural democracy. Her name is Carolyn Spellman, who won't be eating the GM rubbish either, by the way. 
As we shall see, Ms. Spellman, the former Tory uh, party chairman, knows an awful lot about sugar beet, but the fog caused by her appointment to DEFRA is rather more complex. It's not just the lingering scent of dodgy expenses which saw her brought to book in 2008 over Nannygate. She was way overcharged in her expenses to the taxpayer, but they're, they're allowed to rob you, you see. They're up in the elite side now and order to pay back £10,000 to the public purse after effectively charging childcare to the taxpayer. Well, she's an ideal winner. I mean, she's no more qualms and morals whatsoever. She's on board with Monsanto. If she was asked to, to, to make sure that cyanide was in the food for us, she'd do that too. You think I'm kidding? That scandal first suggested an inability to separate private interests and public responsibility. Ms. Spellman has since moved onwards and upwards, but a malodor, a malodor remains around her intriguing, this intriguing woman. Test the air today and you might detect a worrying whiff emanating from her husband's professional interest in DEFRA contracts worth hundreds of millions of pounds and the puzzling status of their agribusiness lobbying firm. They have a lobbying firm, the two of them. But perhaps most whiffy of all is that the Secretary of State apparently shares the same controversial beliefs as such biotech giants as Monsanto, the world's leading producer of weed killer and genetically modified crops. GM foods come from crops which have had their molecular structures altered in the laboratory. And of course it's soaked then with the, the GM uh, chemicals and weed killers too that kills everything off except the plant. But there are a number of recorded drawbacks from the, the rampant growth of uh, herbicide-resistant superweeds to wiping out insects vital to wildlife up the food chain, and people too, I'd add to that. There's also concern about the unknown risk to humans. And uh, Yeah, you can't test this because it's forbidden. No, no scientist is allowed to test any of these products unless the companies give you permission, and they don't give you permission. Doesn't that stink to high heaven, uh, you know? <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to... For those who can't get it, get a pin and stick it in yourself and, and then listen. Since those leading its advancement, such as Monsanto, whose gross profit for this financial year is predicted to be around the £4 billion mark, argue that it's a solution for an increasingly populated, heated and hungry planet. So they're bringing global warming into it and the population debate. Again, that socialist agenda as they bring down the populations to a manageable level for the socialists for the future. That's, the, that's the, what they claim anyway. But there you go. The, the, the ones who are the top lobbyists get in to the top positions in governments. And it's the same in the States. And it, the Monsanto's got their own boys and women, by the way, as well, who've got jobs now in the FDA. They've had them for years to make sure that they pass all the stuff they want through. But we never catch on, do we? We never really, really catch on. And we're eating this rubbish, and it's killing people already, because they know that medicine, they know that cancers are skyrocketing, especially of the gastrointestinal tract variety. They know it. They know where it's coming from. It's doing the right job. You see, we're overpopulated, apparently. You know, all you, the wrong kind of people. I read an article a while back, and it's from Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it's about abortion. It says abortion is about getting rid of undesirables. July the 10th, 2009. Do you remember I read that one? 
It says, at times, she was honest, at, at times it is easy to forget how completely obsessed the global elite are with eugenics and population reduction. And folk do forget that that's what they're obsessed with. It's all over the news right now because they're raising your awareness so you'll start prattling about it and believe them. And this quote from Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is bringing the issue of eugenics to the forefront once again. In an interview with the New York Times, Ginsburg admitted that abortion is about getting rid of certain types of people, certain types of people that the elite do not want to have around. That, these are her words, folks. For the harder thinking, I'll repeat that. In an interview with the New York Times, Ginsburg admitted that abortion is about getting rid of certain types of people that the elite do not want to have around. Frankly, I'd thought that at the time Roe was decided, there was concern about population growth and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. That's what she said. That's what she said. She was honest. And even though that's out there and many other quotes are out there by bigwigs, most will go out and they'll dance and they'll play, dance and play and watch TV and laugh at TV and cry at TV and get downloaded with all the little things that their masters want them downloaded with. And they'll be prattling on about it shortly. Well, you know, there's too many of us. Yep. They never question the massive immigration um, agenda, which already flooded the whole of Europe, especially Britain, and it was admitted by Tony Blair's aide, who said, yep, he told them he was going to completely change, change the face of Britain forever and up all the quotas, open-door policy, to an already sinking island. And he's done it. Successful. Over. And they're doing the same in the States as well. I've read Jack Satali's books, Winners and Losers in the Coming New World Order, the book Millennium. He went through it for the States too. He's at the United Nations. Still doesn't dawn on people, but they're really going ahead now. They're really, really going ahead now with no holds barred. It's all population. Too many people. The population of the Western countries has been falling since before World War I. Follow the statistics. And the reason they claim and yell uh, there's not enough people, so we've got to keep immigration going on a big scale level, is because you're not breeding enough to pay off the debts. That's what we're told every year. And you believe this is the excuse. No, they must make the whole world seem overpopulated, folks, and it is not. And neither were the Western countries either. But all the massive open-door immigration means that the same peoples from across the world all flood into the same cities. Their favorite cities are there, and sure enough, you go into them, and there they are, like ants all living together. It's, it's, like, it's like Bangladesh or something, or somewhere from the old pictures they'd show you of the major cities of India. That's made to be intentional. And all those folks living in this city, you'll think it's the same everywhere else. They haven't been outside the city, half of them. But no, to them, oh my God, it's just like, just like India. And that's how they want you to think. And then they come out with solutions, folks, and you've got to start bringing down the population. And it's everywhere. I've got so many articles from the top now, and the need to bring down the population. Just too many people. Too many people. 
and the average Joe public will start prattling this off as well, very shortly. Because they have no other thoughts in their heads. And they have no idea that they're being downloaded. Because they have never used their own brains. You know, if they ever start selling organs and bodies and so on and parts, uh, the brains will still be very, very expensive because, you see, uh, the ads will say, new brains never used, like new. There's an article here which hits on a fact It's called Chapters in History of Daylight Robbery, The State as a Protection Racket by T.P.E. Wilkinson. I always ask myself when someone says their rights are lost, where did the money go? Even when a ship is lost at sea, there's generally wreckage. Of course, the ocean is bigger than the economy, and it's possible that a ship's remains disappear beyond recovery. The price of abandoning the very modest social gains of the New Deal in the U.S. and social democracy in Europe, with the ascendancy of Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, this is written a while ago, has been enormous, but not, not only the U.S. and European working people, but for the rest of the world. In fact, the, the meter is still running with no indication of when it will stop. In this crisis, everyone still talks about trillions in losses. If these losses are real, then that means the value has been forfeited in favor of someone else. For example, after the Great War, France and Britain were essentially bankrupt. They owned nearly everything to U.S. banks. And I'll go into this, this con game of losses and what it really means after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix talking about the state as a protection racket. And that's what it is, really, isn't it? It's all extortions. It says here, the other meaning of loss is the inability to sustain a certain valuation of an asset or income stream. The nature of the initial valuation is then the problem. The continuous attempts in the IFRS, the International Accounting Standards, to skirt around the issue of essentially fraudulent valuation, meaning bubbles, creating bubbles out of nothing, illustrate that even the private sector's notion of value, whether book value or fair value, is a product of causistry and imagination and manipulation. In other words, the losses hidden on the books of the USG banks, Fannie and Freddie, are either national or they reflect claims that were satisfied in favor of third parties beyond the capacity of those institutions to generate income. Again, we know that those third parties are who they are. The losses are essentially sacrificed sovereignty. That's what you sacrifice when that happens. Federal institutions pledge to private persons, corporations, and foreign exchange pirates. The state's capacity to pay derived from the ability to tax the working population. That's what all loans are based on, that you, the working population will pay it back. You see? It says... Um, Beyond any, 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 and they tax them beyond any realistic possibility to extract that income. Well, that's not entirely true. Just as the railroads and banks obtained control over most of the continental U.S. by defrauding the U.S. government in the 19th century, and that's a fantastic book if you read it, The, the Rubber Barns, the surviving banks have defrauded most of the American population of its home today, it says here. 
is equity. The endless wars funded by plundering the public treasury and the wealth of other countries are part of that income extraction too. Now the US government is little more than a mercenary enterprise, the most heavily armed collection agency on behalf of third party creditors on the planet. And not only they're using the, the, the military, they're using all these private mercenary corps as well that are not answerable to anybody. Of course, there's plausible denials for any of the beneficiaries of this plunder since populations weaned on soap operas and crime drama are incapable of examining, let alone comprehending, the most obvious operation of U.S. corporations and their agents, who almost never appear as criminals on television. Their crime drama narrative dominates almost every bandwidth on the critical spectrum, and as a much younger Michael Moore Demonstrate on bowling for Columbine, a corporate crime does not make acceptable television. That's true enough. You're, you're always given little stuff on the street, and the cops chasing guys and car chases and stuff. The most elemental sociological truths plain to anyone who's ever belonged to a club or worked in middle management of a company, uh, namely that democratic and meritocratic decisions are regularly subverted by scheming amongst ambitious at the expense of the docile. Very important truth there become discredited when the insight is applied to the policy as a whole. People who uh, do not think twice about making a phone call to a friend to influence a decision in their social club or place of employment become incredulous at the suggestion that the chairman of a major investment bank would dictate policy to the head of state whose election he had financed. I don't know if you've ever read the books too put out by um, Peter Newman on the, the, the big families like the Bromfins. You've got to read them. And, and uh, old Sam Bromfin said during the whiskey trade, actually, they had their pals who brought in prohibition so as they could sell this booze and become incredibly rich. And uh, old Bromfin, when his, his brother was in, up for killing a cop, said he'll get off. He says, I put every politician in Ottawa, the parliament in Canada. He says, both sides. He says, I, got, I paid them all in. They're all my boys. Nothing's changed, folks. Nothing's changed. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.